Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunar. Welcome to episode 53. This time, Pippin and I will be taking a look back at 2015, whether or not we've met our goals, both professionally and personally, and what our goals will be for 2016. Uh, but first, a little disclaimer. Uh, you guys might be uh, used to us talking about development stuff and geeking out on code stuff. This episode will be a little light on that. Uh, actually, we probably won't even get into any of that. Uh, so, you know, check out if that's what you're here for. So, Pippin, how about the sponsors? Uh, this episode, once again, is sponsored by the WP Ninjas, who are exceptionally generous and gracious to continue to sponsor us here. And so I want to give a quick update on them. They're getting closer to launching what they're calling Ninja Forms 3, which is basically their big 3.0 update. Uh, it's a major complete overhaul of the plugin. It's completely new. And they have, as of yesterday, they have started a new blog series called Discover 3. And so they're posting video previews of some of the new features, the interface, et cetera, of Ninja Forms 3. So if you want to go check it out, we've got a link in the show notes, or you can go to ninjaforms.com and go to their blog. Sweet. All right. So, Brad, it's New Year. Did you yeah. have a nice break? I hope you got to take a little bit of time off and enjoy the f- friends and family. Yeah, I did. Uh, it was nice. I took a couple a couple weeks, basically. We made our annual uh, driving around the province here. <laughs> like my, my parents live on one side of the province and my wife's parents live on the other side. So there's a lot of driving. Uh, How long of a drive is it across? Like if you were to go east to west? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. It's not, they're not quite exactly at the other opposite ends. Uh, but uh, the drives are about uh, two and a half hours in each direction. Um, so actually on Christmas Day, we actually drive back to our house, which is in the middle, <laughs> spend the night and then drive in the morning uh, to the other to the other grandparents' place. <laughs> I'm saying grandparents, I mean my kids' grandparents, right? Yeah. As a fellow parent of toddlers, I, I know what you mean when you say grandparents. <laughs> yeah. What about you? How was your how was your holiday? It was good. Um, we took as as a full team, we shut down for um, a a few days around Christmas as well as the weekend. And then we also shut down for New Year's Day. Um, and so overall, we I think we ended up with about five days off or so. It was nice. Did you put um, up everything uh, really slow? Did that? you put up any uh, like an autoresponder that said like, you yeah, know, we had autoresponders on all of our art support ticket forms. And, and overall, things were just very, very slow as in general. So even when we were technically back at work, it it was pretty nice and calm and relaxed, which was nice. Um, things didn't really start picking up again until Wednesday through Friday of last week was when things started kind of getting back to normal volumes and even above normal volume because suddenly there's a big surge of people coming back from work and getting back into things and realizing where they, where they need help or they have questions or they're, they're looking to add new things to their site. Um, I think Friday of last week might have been our highest ticket volume date of all time. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like almost double the volume. They saved days. saved all the good stuff for uh, for when you guys get back, I guess. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, and, and some of that was exacerbated as well because we had just done a, a big EDD 2.5 release. And so some of that was update tickets. But just to, even with that, like the number of the, the volume that we had just in general was pretty high. Uh, but overall, yeah, it was a nice break. It was it was good to step away for a little bit, and but also good to come back. Nice, cool. So let's uh, I guess let's look back at the year like as a whole. I guess let's start with uh, professionally. So like our businesses and our professional lives. I guess. Um, so I guess how did twenty fifteen go for you? I think overall. It was a it was a good year. Um, I mean, we really can't complain. We added um, a couple of the the highlights is we at, we went from one to five full time employees, um, excluding myself. So six if you count me for the company, which was awesome. Uh, so we added people very pretty pretty quickly. A lot of the the people that we added to our team were uh, individuals that had already been working with us as either contractors or third-party developers. 
And so we kind of, we transitioned several of them into uh, full-time employees. And, and that was great. It's been a lot of fun and challenging to work through some of the some some of the finer details of building a a full-size team. Um, I mean, I think I've said this before, but I've always worked so, so long kind of by myself and then have have some help here and there. And then over the last two years, we've been working to really grow the team out and get figure out what everybody's defined roles are and uh, where everybody's strengths are. And I think 2015 was definitely where we did the most of that, partially because we grew by so many people, but also just, I think, as we're, we're realizing that we need... Um, that it's kind of it's it's important to have some of those things defined and and worked out. Um, yeah, it's pretty that crazy good. that you went from just one employee to five employees. That's <laughs> that's a pretty big. Jump. Yeah, it was it was kind of nuts. Um, now, of those of those five, only one had not been previously working with us. Uh, so. So they were kind of no-brainers, kind of. Yeah, I mean, like, we we already knew that we wanted to work with them. We knew that we worked well together. We knew that they were they were going to be valuable. Um, and so it was, it was a pretty nice and easy transition for those. Uh, we also added two new active contractors, uh, one to Affiliate WP, actually two to Affiliate WP. Um, and then we did another thing with our with our team and company organization that I think was very valuable. Uh, or a good move looking back. So in the first part of 2015, right when we were starting to to bring more people on, um, I made the decision to keep two of our projects very separate. So like Affiliate WP and Easy Digital Downloads were very separate projects. Yeah, they had some intermingling, but we ran different support teams. We ran different sales teams like the two teams, the two projects were separate. They're technically under different companies. And then in July, we decided that we didn't like that and we wanted to merge everything back together. And so we we brought our teams together, we merged our Slack rooms, we merged some other stuff. And that actually kind of made it seem like our team grew even more <laughs> because the people that were working on Affiliate OP and the people that were working on EDD, now they're all in one team. And once once the dust settled from that, I think it was the right move. How about you? Um, looking back on your 2015, like I know you guys grew your team quite a bit as well, didn't you? Yeah, we hired three full time uh, this in in 2015. But we, you know, at the very end of 2014, we had hired two as well. So it was you know, kind of like, I don't know, a four month span there where we hired like five people <laughs> full time. So it was, that was pretty crazy for four or five months. But uh, yeah, yeah, we've gone, you know, we've gotten quite a bit bigger in 2015. We, at, at the end of 2015, we started hiring again. So we're still in the process of uh, bringing someone on board full time. Another thing for us uh, was uh, revenue. Um was really rocky in the beginning of the year it was like super <laughs> concerning because that was when we were hiring full-time people is there you know around the holidays our revenue took a dip but it actually didn't recover until march which was really concerning because I, I figured it was going to come back in january right but it was still down and so that was a bit concerning but o- overall over over the whole year it was up 81 percent over 2014 so hey, there you go so that just sounds <laughs> to to ours we had a uh basically all of spring was a little rocky and um we were kind of looking at it thinking is this something to be concerned about is this just uh just i don't know spring not being very good and then as the year progressed it actually worked out very well and i think we had a uh we had a 45 percent increase over 2014 so in the, in the end, it was still a substantial growth. Yeah. Oh, that's that's huge. That's what would that be? Yeah. Almost one point five growth. Yeah. So right. not quite double. So not doubling, but one point five. All oh, right. Gotcha. So if if you do um, for easy math, if you do five hundred thousand, you've now done seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. Nice. That that's awesome, man. Growth is the way it should be. Well, and you kind of have to when you're adding new new people on because. <laughs> 
uh, let's just be honest, people are not cheap. Yeah, of course. Well, especially and they shouldn't be, and they really and they shouldn't be. So. Well, that reminds me of like um, I always look at other businesses, like um, physical location businesses, like restaurants and stuff, and like they have so much overhead, right? Like they got to get like a plow to come plow their parking lot in the winter. <laughs> like they have to have you know to pay lights and heat and rent and you know everything. It, they have just said so much overhead and then they still have employees too. And it's just like, holy crap, we're so lucky. <laughs> I think it makes it easier. It's, it's easier for, for us and other, and other businesses in this kind of industry to have higher profit margins just because there is, there's much less overhead. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Something else that we did in 2015, um, well, it was actually at the very, very end of 2015 and then finalized just a couple of days ago, um, is we actually sold off uh, one of the original products that started out the plugin business for me. Um, so Easy Content Types is one of the oldest plugins that I started about five years ago. Um, I started building it when I was in college at the University of Kansas, I think maybe my sophomore or junior year. And it was one of the first plugins that I put on Code Canyon and kind of used it to to jumpstart the plugin business. And as of a couple of days ago, we have officially transferred it to a new owner, um, which is this is the I think the third commercial plugin that I've now transferred to a new owner. Um, but this one was kind of significant for me because it was uh, it was the biggest of any plugin I've ever uh, sold off to someone else. Even up until recently, like it still provided a pretty decent chunk of revenue for us. Um, but it was time to get rid of it. Uh, it was time we have kind of got to the point or I got to the point where I couldn't maintain it properly anymore. I couldn't give it the attention it deserved. Uh, and so it was if it was going to continue under my ownership, it was going to die a slow death. Uh, and so I was I put it up for sale and was uh, thrilled and to have uh, a lot of different people interested in it. And then it is now, it's been acquired by uh, the guys behind Themile and they're going to breathe new life into it. I'm pretty excited for that. That's awesome. Another thing uh, that we did uh, in 2015 was launch uh, WP Offload S3. So a new product. Oh, yeah. So that was pretty, that was a pretty huge deal for us. And now that was launched, uh, it's been three or four months now, hasn't it? Uh, we launched it in August, a soft launch, and then we officially kind of emailed the email list and stuff in September, uh, like halfway through September. And uh, yeah, it, it's exceeded expectations, uh, actually. Um, oh, that's excellent. So it actually accounted just for that short period of time. So since August, August to December, it, it, it still accounted for 15% of our, rev our total revenue. <laughs> wow. Uh, so... so if you look if you look forward to 2016 it's probably going to be um 50 or greater do you think uh i hope so <laughs> i mean it, that's the that would be ideal um because it's always you know risk wise that that would be better right uh, to have two products that do equally well let's say so yeah hopefully hopefully they'll continue to do well and and can maybe even grow some, you know, so hopefully. that's a pretty promising start. That's for sure. Yeah. I was planning on launching uh, another product. Um, I think I might've talked about it. Uh, it was, it's a, for offloading your email sending as well. So Amazon SES. Um, and uh, we, we didn't end up launching it. We ended up shelving that one. So that was kind of a, and did you, so have you shelved that for, for the near term or completely? Oh no, no, it's in, indefinitely. Let's say because I, I don't, I do want to do it eventually, and it's actually very close to complete. Uh, we just don't have the manpower right now. Um, it, you know, it was stretching guys a little too thin, uh, so so I just put it on the shelf and so that we could focus on on the stuff that's kind of higher I think priority. That's definitely been so. If we're look, looking back on 2015 and um, as we grew the team, that was one of the biggest reasons. Uh, is because we were we were stretched thin and we wanted to to be able to push forward faster um, without every single one of us being bogged down in support or things like that. Um, and going forward, that's kind of our our same goal 
here pretty soon, we're looking to bring one or two more people on, um, primarily for the reason of, well, a couple of reasons. So first of all, in a couple months ago, we launched a new website for Restricted Content Pro, um, trying to, a, as the first step of kind of bringing it up to uh, the the level that easy digital downloads and affiliate WPR. So now we have three fully established properties is kind of the way that we look at it. We have EDD, we have affiliate WP, we have RCP, and each one is a, is a standalone project. But right now, RCP does not get any of the love that the other two do simply because we don't have enough manpower for it. And so when we launched the new site, one of the goals with that, which is one of our goals for 2016, is to uh, probably is hopefully double the revenue that it brings in right now. And building the new site was the first one. And so the next step now is to to bring on another developer that either works on RCP or takes over some of what I do so that I work on RCP. Um, right. And yeah, because it's, it's a manpower thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still struggling. Struggling with that. <laughs> What else? What else happened in 2015 for you? Well, uh, so as I mean, from the development slash product front, um, if we kind of look back as a general overview, uh, we managed to push out three major EDD vers versions throughout the year. So that would be 2.3, 2.4, and 2.5. Uh, sorry, no, 2.2, 2.3, and 2.4. 2.5 is in 2016. Um, and so each one of those is about three to four months apart. Uh, and then in between those, there's numerous point releases to fix minor bugs and things like that. We also did three major versions for Affiliate WP. And we'll have another major, that's, that'll be one of the next things that we hit up in 2016, will be another major version of Affiliate WP. Uh, and then we did four major versions of Restricted Content Pro. Somewhere mixed in there, we also uh, released probably 15 to 20 new extensions for EDD. Some of those were built by our team. Some of them were built by third-party developers. Um, and then there was also numerous extension releases for Affiliate WP and RCP. Yeah, I mean, some some of those extensions are probably pretty hefty major releases for you as well, right? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and then others are super simple. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I'll have to do uh, in my write-up, my year-in-review write-up. I forgot to, or I haven't gone through our releases yet to see like how many major releases we did and, and that kind of stuff. So that, yeah, I'll have to do that. Just to, it's always good to go back and see, you know, how much you did. You know, like how many, yeah. how many things, how much code you up, shipped, how many lines of code you changed. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, in. Uh, the end of 2015, I think sometime in December, I was looking at GitHub and realized that at some point in the recent months, I had passed 1 million changes to EDD. Wow. <laughs> in terms of like, in terms of like line numbers, additions yeah, you, and deletions. You should probably just make up your mind then. You keep changing yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there so many changes? <laughs> um, All right. So how about, um, are there any major goals that you had set for 2015? that you either met or didn't met? I, my goals were like grow revenue, hopefully double, and we pretty much hit that, it's pretty close. Uh, employ more developers. See, all my goals were really broad. <laughs> so, so hey, was, broad, broad goals can be adjusted. Yeah, exactly. Um, so one of my goals was to free up more of my time for creativity, which I think is one of my, one of the, one of the more, more valuable things I bring to the company. Uh, and I didn't really do that. <laughs> I didn't do that very well. In fact, I think it got worse because we launched a new product, right? So more of my attention, uh, like all the things that I was doing on Migrate DB Pro, I also now have to do on this other product. So it stretched me even thinner. Um, so I have to start offloading things. I'm thinking like project management tasks, uh, maybe getting a project manager or maybe getting one of the guys uh, on the team right now to do project management stuff. Uh, kind of maybe they could put that on, hat on half the day and then put on their developer hat half the day or something like that. That sounds very familiar. Well, is, that, is that what you're doing or are you thinking about doing? No, that's the exact same problem that I have. Yeah. Uh, and that I that I hope to solve at some point this year uh, is offloads some more of a, a lot of that product project management stuff 
Um, it's really tricky, though, because as soon as you take yourself out of that role, you all of a sudden have this big black spot where you, you don't know really what's going on with the project at any given time. And so you have to have like reports, you have to get reports from your project manager and, and they have to tell you what's going on. And, you know, there's stuff lost in translation and yeah, you be a little bit more disconnected. Yeah. And I mean, here's an example of, of what I'm worried about. So oftentimes I'll be going through issues. So in GitHub, like going through our issues and I'll, I'll, you know, stumble upon one and I'll be looking at it and then something will like fire in my mind. Oh, we should totally do this other thing. Right. So it's almost like, um, it almost breeds creativity like the, the process of going through those issues um, and, and kind of it brings things, things up that we should do. And I'm worried that that is going to get lost and that it, that's going to be missing. Um, so I, I, I don't know if, if I have a solution yet, but I think I'm going to just have to try it. We're going to have to try it and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how well, much I mean, you've thought about this. Yeah, exactly. Are you thinking you're just going to try it as well or... Yeah, I don't know yet. Um, I mean, one way would be to just try it 110%. Um, another would be just offloading one little piece here and there and just slowly move that way. I have not, haven't really decided. One of the ways, uh, and, and we did make some progress on this in, in this last year that I've started to address it is by not having one other person that handles all of it, but having individual people handle small pieces. So for example, like one of our guys is now responsible, now responsible for pushing out a lot of our extension updates. It used to be that I would push out all the updates um, just kind of as the project product manager. Uh, and now he'll do a bunch or one of the other guys will do some of them. And just basically putting a little bit more responsibility and knownness into everyone else's hands for various pieces here and there. And yeah. that has actually made a significant improvement. Yeah. We've we've kind of we we've kind of done that or we've tried to do that a little bit as well. Give people ownership of certain like kind of micro projects within the project and that kind of thing. Well, one thing I did do last year was I stopped looking at every single uh, GitHub notification. <laughs> I don't do that anymore unless I get at mentioned in it. I don't I don't see it right. So um, that's the way. That's the way I, I've been operating. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to have to hire some more help or, or something. So so yeah, what else we got here? Goals. Uh, and the WP Offload S3, yeah, did that. Well, we didn't do the Amazon SES plugin. Um, and we didn't launch uh, a solution to avoiding the database merging problem. That was one of my goals. Um, but we did build a prototype and proved that it worked, that, that our solution works, and we're in the process of building out an MVP now. So, you know, kind of like halfway there, maybe. <laughs> on half, Maybe we got half a point on that goal. <laughs> but uh, what about you? Do you, you feel like you, uh, you rocked 2015 and, and, and got everything done or what? Yeah, from the, from the professional side of things, I think we did pretty good. Um, I don't remember actually setting any major goals in 2000 at the beginning of 2015. Um, I, maybe I should, I should look back on a re review post and see if I did. Um, there's, there's a few things that I think I am, I am really happy about. One is the growth of the team uh, for sure. Um, two is a kind of a renewed look and dedication to the healthiness of the team. Um, so in sometime about five to six months ago, we decided to open up a new Slack channel called health and wellness for our internal team. And it was kind of the first step towards everybody as a team being, um, considerate and conscious of the other's health. Um, and it's not like us, uh, annoying each other. Oh, oh did you go out to get your run today? Or did you go have you you've been sitting down too long or are you not eating healthy? It's more of just a be more aware of it as as a team. Because I, I, I think I saw a tweet that said that you guys are using Fitbits to the we whole are. team. Um, so a 
a couple of weeks, uh, about a week ago, we decided to get everybody on the team of Fitbit. And so now we do team challenges. I mean, it's all, it's all very casual, but I think it's very important that we all take um, our health seriously because there's somebody who is healthy and active is probably going to be a far, be- far better at getting their job done than somebody who's not. And there's so much studies, there's so much research that backs that up. And so part of that is just being smart, saying, hey, look, we want everybody to to do well um, when they're working on something, uh, when they're here sitting down working through support or working on a, a, on a project. But we also want everyone to be healthy because it's a win-win for everyone. Um, yeah. And it's long-term. It's, it's look, it is long-term. It's, look, it's a long-term investment versus, you know, the uh, let's order a case of Red Bull and, and kill it tonight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, the long-term slow and steady is going to win. Yeah. Uh, so we, we started doing that and I'm excited for how much we'll continue to focus in that area in 2016 for sure. I, we, we actually did something similar recently. We set up a health dash fitness, uh, channel in Slack, uh, where we kind of share what we're up to and, and what we're, you know, doing. Um, uh, Ash is actually, um, using an app. Uh, I think it's called zombie run or something like that. Uh, where it like plays zombie sounds in your headphones and like (laughs) it gets louder as the, like, as you slow down, the zombies get closer. So it gets louder in your headphones or something like that. That's pretty awesome. Um, so it sounds kind of fun. Um, I think it's called, uh, zombie supply or something like that. Nice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's ever since we wrote a blog post and I I remember reading it. That was actually, I think one of the ones that kind of hit, it hit me. It's one, honestly, like of all blog posts I've read, uh, that's one of the ones that kind of stuck with me. That's awesome. That's Um, really good to hear. And and it was was for those exact reasons, because a healthy team is always going to work better, um, individually and together than an unhealthy team. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, for those who don't know it, uh, the post uh, is just our struggles of, you know, staying healthy. So each member of the team wrote kind of a few paragraphs about how they stay healthy and how they struggle to stay healthy in, you know, the job that keeps them chained to their desk. You know, it's, 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 I mean, it's so hard, like uh, when you're, you're working at a screen all day uh, to, remember to get up and walk around a bit or, and then go for a run or whatever. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So super important. Um, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to see what we all do with in the next year. Um, and, and, and things like at our, uh, we're having our EDD team meet up in Phoenix uh, at the end of February. And we're going to try to get everybody out there to play some racquetball and do a few other things like that. Nice. Be a good time. Oh yeah, one of your team members is big on the racquetball. Yeah, Sean's a huge racquetball player. Oh yeah, plays uh, at least before he moved to San San Diego was playing almost every single day, and now I think he's starting to get back into it now that he moved out there. Yeah, I met him uh, at Pressnomics in uh, in Phoenix, and he was talking about going to see like some celebrity racquetball player or coach yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, there's he's, a coach there that he's met up with a couple times now. Yeah, he's really into it. That's pretty cool. Yep. That was good. Um, so what about, um, let's let's step back from the professional side of things now, unless you have something to, th- to move, uh, to jump in first. Actually, there was a couple things I was going to mention for 2015. Um, just um, just to show like goals, you know, they don't mean everything. Like <laughs> there's, there's other things that can really have like things that you haven't set for goals. So for example, one of the things I'd been planning to do uh, was blog more, right? Put on our, on our company blog, um, but do like really good blog posts on there. And that's what we started to do at the beginning of last year. Well, if you look at our, our graph of our traffic to our site, it's got tripled. It tripled from uh, February 1st when we started to December. Um, that's awesome. Which is, it's crazy. And so if anyone tells you that um, blogging is dead or content marketing is dead or whatever they want to say is dead, it's, I mean, you, you can definitely do it 
it, you know, so I, I think the key, I, I, you know, I go on Facebook, I see all these articles that are just such fluff. And, and like, that's one of the things that we refuse to do when we write an article, like there's no top 10 lists or, uh, or, uh, what are the art, some of the titles like, uh, you'll never believe what happens next, you know, <laughs> those, those stupid articles. Like we refuse to do any of those click clickbait stuff. We just write, you know, high quality content that we would like to read. And that's all we do. So yeah. I think uh, we, we definitely had a renewed focus in that area as well. Um, that's actually one of the things that we're hoping to do uh, in 2016 is actually for affiliate WP. We, we brought on a, a new contractor um, six, uh, I don't know, sometime in 2015. Um, and she's been doing a, a lot of writing for us, a lot of documentation, a lot of support, a lot of um, a lot of everything, but we really like to look at doing more, um, more of the content marketing side of things. Um, and, and at some point we'd like to consider like having somebody come on full time or somebody move to full time or somebody change their focus in the team to just doing that full time or, or coordinating it. Um, because it's so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a question. Did you, how many conferences did you attend last year? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to just try and think off, off the top of my head because I don't have a list. So let's see. Uh, I did WordCamp Cape Town, WordCamp US in Philadelphia. Um, I did Prestige in May or so. I did LoopComp. Uh, I did Pressnomics. I did uh, WordCamp Kansas City. There you go. <laughs> um, How many is pretty that? sure there's... Pretty sure there was another one or two in there. I did a, I did something completely different than I've ever done before, and I went to a gaming conference in Austin. Oh, interesting. That was pretty fun. Uh, it was RTX. Why did you um, do that? What was that? Why? What was the motivation for going there? <laughs> uh, one of my high school friends uh, who lives around me still uh, was r really wanting to go down to it, but he didn't want to drive down by himself. And so... Uh, I offered to drive down with him and, and go for a day. And then at the time, uh, Sean, one of our employees, is also living down there. Uh, and then there's a really great brewery down there that I wanted to visit. So we just decided to go ahead and make the trip. And I went off and spent some time with Sean, went to a brewery, met up with another WordPress guy. Did you actually go to the conference sessions? I did. Or? Yeah. And so okay. I went to the second day of the conference. And it was awesome. It was really super fun, actually. Uh, it, was it, was it, um, was it interesting? Well, I mean, you go to mostly WordPress events, right? So was it interesting to swim in a different pool to kind of get a different? It was, it yeah. was totally fascinating for me. One, one, just like seeing how different it is, seeing the different kind of people that are there. Um, and also going to an event like that where I'm a hundred percent unplugged from work was kind of, was a, diff a different experience for sure. So I think that's all of the ones I went to. Uh, there might have been another one or two in there. Um, oh, I went to WordCamp San Diego, um, and I went to WordCamp St. Louis. Okay, so, like <laughs> so you're you're like up to ten, I think. But it's, it's close to ten for sure. It was on average, it was about one a month. Yeah, I, I only actually went to five, and but that's a huge increase for me. That's three more than I did the year before. Um, and I feel like it was almost too much. I think I'm going to cut back this year a bit. I'm going to shave. I'm cutting back this year for sure. Are you? Yeah. Um, for one, I, I think I want to do more um, in what I would call exotic locations. Um, going, going to places that are a little bit further away that I haven't been to before. Like, right. for example. Right. So uh, pleasure, pleasure traveling, I guess you're well, saying. Yeah. Pleasure traveling, but combining it with work as well so that I can. I see. It's a little bit easier to do, a little easier to manage. Um, tomorrow, uh, my family and I are flying in New Zealand, which right. will be fun. Isn't that um, where, uh, one you, Andrew lives, isn't it? Yes, Andrew, uh, is down there. And so we're actually, we're actually going to stay at his house for the, for two weeks. Right. And, and it should be a good time. And for those uh, who don't know, that's Andrew Monroe, your business partner, right? Yes. With affiliate WP and he's also, uh, an EDD. He's also the, uh, designer and developer of pippinsplugins.com and the RCP site. Nice. Cool. So, uh, should we move on to our, re like, looking back personally on the personal side? Of yeah, let's do that. 
All right. Cool. So well, how about you? Um, what are maybe some things that you did in 2015 that either, uh, and, they, and they could be good or bad. Yeah. Maybe highlights or, or uh, really low big lights. <laughs> um, I don't think I have low lights for 2015. It was a good year on the personal side. Everyone was healthy and, and, and generally happy. Um, Although you wouldn't know that with toddlers and crying a lot <laughs> in our house, but uh, but yeah, generally everybody was happy and healthy. Um, one thing I did take on that was new uh, was yoga. I took up yoga. I figured out um, how to do a version of yoga that um, works for me because the the you know typical you know feel the energy flow, you know, like the, it's the phony yoga, I call it. <laughs> I, I don't really care for that, that kind of yoga. And, uh, I, I couldn't get past it, um, for the longest time, but I managed to figure out a way to do that. I found a, a guy on YouTube, uh, his name is Sean Vig, and he does, uh, he does yoga on YouTube and he's like the number one yoga for men instructor or whatever. And it's just less kind of foo-foo kind of silly uh, stuff that, that I didn't, that I don't like. So uh, he does a lot of upselling in his videos though. though. <laughs> that's why I, I, that's one he of the reasons. What's that? He knows how to do it. He knows how to run the business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's always like, I guess the problem is when you turn on his video, there's like, you know, three minutes of him like hawking these yoga cards or something, right? And it's just there's like, a, uh, um, that's a little much. But uh, there's a, a home brewing for a brewing beer podcast that I really enjoy. And it, he has the exact same thing in there. And when, when I step back and look, I realize, you know, this is actually probably really smart. This is the way that he keeps it going. And he's been doing it for 10 years. Um, but the first couple of times, you're like, man, this is a little much. Yeah, that's why they. That's why I think they have to upsell us videos without ads in them. Like, I would totally buy his library of yoga videos if if it existed. You know that kind of thing. Um, anyway, what I ended up doing was buying his book, and and I just use the book, which is nice because I don't have to have a screen on and a video going, and I can go at my own pace. And it's just I'm really enjoying um, kind of yeah getting better at yoga. So what about you? And what was like a new thing that you started doing in 2015? Um, in 2015 was when I, I mentioned this for us as a team, but it's also when I think I personally started taking my health a lot more seriously. Um, so I've, I've always been someone that has a very high metabolism and was, uh, to put it this way, was the kid in high school that could eat anything and still be thin as a twig they kind of lasted that way through college as well. Um, it's, and then when I was in college, I was very, very active. I did a lot of rock climbing. I did a lot of biking. I did a lot of out, outdoors things. Um, and then a lot of that has really slowed down after I, after I graduated college, I moved back to my hometown where there's a little bit less of that, just that culture in the area. Um, and so it, and then as I, like in the last few years, as I've been working to, to build the business, I've spent a lot more time in my office at the desk. And it became apparent to me that I needed to actually take a lot more proactive role in staying healthy. Um, because since I wasn't doing, I wasn't going out and, and doing a lot of rock climbing on the weekends. I wasn't, I wasn't biking around as much. Um, I, I needed to actually do more, um, and so I started taking it a little bit more seriously and trying to stay healthy. And so I started walking a lot. I started running a lot and tried to, to bike a lot more. Um, and I didn't do as much as I would like, but I think I did pretty good. Uh, and I'm going to try and do even more in the next, in the next year. Right. Um, that's that's interesting. More. Like in that same vein, one thing I started to do, um, in the summer, I decided that since I don't really take like regular vacation time, like I don't really, I don't really allot myself any number of days or anything. Uh, and so therefore I generally just don't take any vacation. 
I decided, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be opportunistic. When it's a nice day in the summer, I'm going to schedule a tennis match and I'm going to go go play tennis for the afternoon or for a couple hours or whatever. Um, and, and, and I mean, that's for me, that's super important because the winters here are rotten. So I feel like I re- really need to take advantage of this, those summer uh, months and, and get outside instead of being inside on, you know, at the computer. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of rationalize it by saying, because I don't take vacation. I can. I yeah, can and that's usually um, kind of my way of taking a break as well. Um, at least if the if the weather is permitting, I try to go out and go for a few miles of a run or a bike ride or something like that. Because um, it, you know, kind of kills two birds with one stone. Gives me a mental break. Helps take care of me, uh, both physically and mentally. Uh, and yeah, it's a yeah. nice combination. Do you That's usually do it around a, a certain time a day to break your day up? or I when find you... that I usually do it. So there's two times a day that I tend to do it. One is either first thing in the morning after I wake up. I find that a lot harder to do in the winter when it's dark until 8 o'clock in the morning, um, especially because I'm usually up quite a bit before then. Uh, but then if it's in the, in the summer, I'll do it early in the morning. Uh, but otherwise, it's maybe around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, it's after the lunch, lunch lull, things are, I'm sleepy. I need to wake up. And so it's either, there's three options. One is sit up, sit or stand at my desk in a slump and get nothing done, but stare at the screen Two, take a nap, uh, or three, go for a jog or, or even just a, a nice walk around the neighborhood. And right. so I try to always opt for the, the walk. Nice. I usually do yoga rate or, or, uh, high end high intensity interval training. I kind of alternate between that and, and yoga. Um, I do, uh, the, like a 20 minute session ish, uh, just before I eat lunch. Um, and I find like after I come back from lunch, I'm way less, uh, I just feel less gross and kind of feel more energized to tackle mm-hmm. the rest of the afternoon. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Anyway, um, what else, uh, what else have you been up to in 2015? Well, I went to South Africa, which was pretty fun. Nice. Uh, it's the farthest I've ever traveled. Uh, definitely the longest time I've ever spent on a plane, especially with a toddler and a one-year-old. <laughs> Actually, she wasn't even one at that time. She was six months old. Right. Um, so it was 36 hours of traveling to get there. And was that rough or it was okay? You know, it was actually pretty great. Um, we, we didn't have any problems at all flying. Uh, And I attribute a lot of that to the fact that both of them had already flown three plus times before that trip. Um, We've been very conscious about trying to fly with our kids when they're very, very little. So even when they're a month old or six months old, um, I I don't think traveling with kids is hard as long as you travel early, travel early and travel frequently um, because they just get used to it. It's something they know how to do and then it's not bad. Um, I don't think I would want to travel with a three to six year old that had never traveled before though. Yeah. I think that would be brutal. Yeah. At least, at least somewhere as far as like South Africa. Or I think it just depends on the kid too. Like, oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you're right. Abs- every kid is different. Yeah. Cause like, I, I actually, both our kids flew pretty well when we flew with them. Um, but, uh, yeah, if they woke up from a nap cranky or something, you know, could be a, could be a challenge but uh yeah um oh one thing one thing i did in 2015 i I went to mexico for the first time that was pretty cool that's Um, on my to-do list at some point in the next year or two oh you've never been i haven't okay um yeah i love mexican food so to go there and have it there the like mexican way (laughs) it was awesome (laughs) just ate I basically just ate and walked around and ate some more. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that was really great. That was in February last year. So that was in the winter months. So it was quite a quite a switch, you know, going from, you know, minus, you know, below freezing <laughs> here to, to yeah, Mexico weather. Difference. Yeah, so um, it was really nice. There was a, in about two months ago, I had, uh, I had the opportunity to, to experience something that was pretty fun. 
So as, as I've mentioned a few times on here, I've been very interested in, in home brewing beer for the last couple of years um, and have taken it, taken it pretty seriously. Um, and I, I personally really love a style uh, or sour beers, which are, is actually a very broad range of styles, but there's a few subsets within that take a very long time to make uh, anywhere from eight months to three to four years. And in November um, of 2014, I started my very first sour beer project, which was a Flanders, a Flanders Red uh, or Flanders Style, uh, which is a, a traditional beer style that comes out of Belgium. And uh, anyway, so I made I made one in 2014, just after Thanksgiving, and I op- I actually got the opportunity to to drink it in November, 2015. So it was a full year and it was awesome. Um, nice. it wasn't the best thing in the world. But it was really, <laughs> really great. Um, yeah. and the reason I bring it up is not because I did this thing that was pretty fun for, for me and maybe for a few others, but because it kind of reminded me of, uh, patience and willingness to wait can do a lot of really great things in the end. Um, it's okay to go slow at things. Um, so, this this sour beer, the reason it beca- it got so good was because we let it sit and age very slowly over the course of a year um, or longer. And it I don't know after after the first time that I opened the bottle of it, it just it just made me step back and think about how I think we forget that we forget how how advantageous it can be to us to to just let things move a little slower than you might like at times. It's okay. It doesn't have to go fast. It doesn't have to be a two-week projects or a one-month projects. Um, I think those of us, those that are willing to to wait it out and play the long game, are are going to do very well in the end. Um, it, it's so. It. I feel like that quality um, in people is is so rare today because it is because of like the on-demand world that we live in now. Absolutely. Um, whereas I uh, think you know you know, 50 years ago would probably be kind of almost a norm, right? Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, that's yeah, to, really good insight, I think, to, for people. To draw kind of a, a further parallel to to the brewing world, it's kind of interesting to me. Um, so, there's there's a lot of the, the brewing industry that is very much about how fast can we turn this around? How much can we reproduce very quickly? And, and while that is still a very great art and when it comes to the commercial side of things can be very important, but when you look at the true uh, craftsmen of the trade, they are those that wait out and take a long time and really focus on letting their product or whatever they're, what they're doing and producing really develop and, and grow with time. Uh, and so for 2016, that's one of my focuses is, is brewing more sour beers that take a year, two years, three years, four years, because it really made me appreciate just like how valuable being patient is. Right. Yeah. Cool. So anyway, that's one of my, I think my highlights of 2015 for sure. Cool. So uh, what forward, else? Yeah, what, what else in 2016? Uh, so, for me, uh, one thing I'd like to do is to start keeping a daily journal. Um, and I think I've failed at this pretty much every year for the last, let's say, three years. <laughs> I, start, I start keeping it and then it just lapses. Um, so, I've kind of figured out the problem. Um, so, the problem is... I don't want to write it by hand because then it's not searchable. I like to be able to search my my notes, basically. Um, so, I ne- it needs to be on a computer. But I do not want to go back to my computer in the evening before I go to bed because then I'll get sucked into doing work. I've, it happens over and over again. So, I just stay away from my office uh, in the evening. Um, so, what I just got a new tablet and a Bluetooth keyboard for it. And so I th- I'm going to start doing it on there. And basically, it'll just sync to Dropbox as a little text file. Um, so we'll see if that, this, new <laughs> this new system I like that works. Idea. I found that 
I'm the same way with you. If I sit down on my laptop in the evening, I'm doomed. I'm I, I'm back in code. I'm in support tickets. I'm doing something, even if I didn't mean to be there. Uh, but if I work from from my iPad, I don't have that problem because it is a total separation. It's a different device. It is not something I do a lot of work on. Um, and it, that's also one of the same reasons why in in all of the, the homebrewing that I've been doing, I actually keep paper notes because I like the complete separation between my work and this hobby that I've built up. Uh, and I like the separation of technology even. You're probably not going to need search through, like you're probably not going to need to search through those brewery notes. Like, would that be something that you're going to be no, missing? after five to 10 years, let me, tr- let me come back to that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so the other, the other thing people might say, oh, why don't you use uh, whatever? There's so many uh, journal apps out there now, right? Like there's, I think there's daily is one that really popular. Uh, anyway, the thing I don't like about most of those is that they lock you into their ecosystem, right? And then what if you decide, maybe, maybe they update the software and all of a sudden you don't like it anymore or whatever. How do you get your stuff out of it, right? Like, that's why I've decided I'm just going to go with little text files. I'm not going to put any pressure on myself to write a certain amount. If it's just one sentence, that's fine. If I want to write three paragraphs, then cool, that's cool too. Like, so it's a, this is a, an experiment for, for 2016 for sure. Um, so another thing that I decided to do is adopt uh, this kind of mantra, uh, that uh, I heard uh, Derek Sivers. Do you know Sivers? Sivers.org, Derek Sivers? Uh, no. Yeah, so he has this He has this thing. Um, well, he, that's just his blog. He, he writes about all kinds of stuff. But he has this mantra of hell yeah or no. So if you're not like super excited about something where you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to do that, then you just say no, right? I have a habit of just kind of saying, um... Yeah, okay. Or like, yeah, I guess, right? And I, I'm just, I'm going to put the stop to that bullshit. <laughs> you know, like I, I find like if I'm not like all in on something, I'm just not going to do it, right? Yeah, um, I, I, I love that. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I guess there's exceptions to that. Like if, if you, you know, if you're helping someone out and you don't really want to do it, but you're helping them, that that might be an exception to that. But yeah, that's, that's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, but but um, but then again, maybe hell yeah, I do want to help them, right? Like so, maybe that does work in that situation. Um, but I'll link to the his blog post in the show notes. I actually heard it on uh, the Tim Ferriss uh, Tim Ferriss's interview of Derek Sivers. So I'll link that up as well. It's a really cool interview. Uh, there's all kinds of kind of life hacking tips and stuff in there. Um, but that's the one that I took out that I'm like, I got to start doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, anything for you? Anything else for you in 2016? Um, I've got a couple. Um, one, uh, I, I want to just continue with staying healthy. Um, I want to walk three to four miles a day. Um, and beyond that, I want to go a little bit higher. I would really like to, uh, increase my running a little bit. I'd like to get up to running a half marathon at some point in the year. Um, I've, I've never gone above about a 5k. And so it's pretty, I don't, I don't really have that much interest in running a marathon, but I think a half marathon would be fun. Hmm. Um, and I'd like to do a lot more long distance biking. I would like to go out and do a 50 mile ride or, or something like that range. I've, I think the furthest I've ever ridden at this point is about 25 to 27 miles. Right. Uh, and so I'd like to double it. Um, that's go cool. out for, go out for the whole day. Uh, I was really, then, I was really hung up on biking across Canada at one point. Like I'd like the, to do a bike across Kansas or the bike across the U S would be awesome. Yeah. Like coast to coast. Right. I mean, that's many, many miles. Uh, so many. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, and Canada's about the same size as the U.S. in terms of east to west. Oh, it is exactly. So it's it's a really long ride. Um, I think uh, you know I've talked to people that have done it, and they usually average about a hundred k a day or hundred kilometers, so yeah. whatever that is in miles. Um, so it's it's yeah, it's it's it sounds like an awesome adventure, but I, I don't think I'll be able to do it until. I was like, going to start a little little slow. <laughs> I was going to do. 
at least in the, in the next couple of years, I want to do uh, the bike across Kansas, which is, uh, I think it's uh, around 250 miles, maybe 250, right. 300 miles. No, it, no, sorry. It's more than that. It's closer to 500 miles. Right. Um, my, from, my reason for not doing it yet is that uh, it's super dangerous um, right. to, to cycle on, on the highway um, with, you know, big transfer trucks going by and stuff it's it's ridiculously dangerous so i i think i'm gonna wait until my kids are older <laughs> yeah and uh, that's kind of the same thing that i thought of and also it's just you know unless you take the kids with you um yeah you're, you're, gonna, not you're gonna leave them for three four five weeks <laughs> yeah that's a hard sell to the wife or, or maybe more. <laughs> yeah um so yeah, so I'd like to get out. I'd like to do some more long distance biking. I want to uh, get a little bit more serious about if I need to go, if I need to travel 10 miles to visit someone or go to a meeting, I'm going to, I'm going to bike it. Uh, and I, I tried to do that a lot this last year and I like to do more of it. And then lastly, I, I want to travel to either two or more countries. And so here and tomorrow I will have crossed off one. New, new countries you mean, or? Like new countries that you haven't been to or just... New countries I haven't been to. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so at some point in the year, then I got to figure out somewhere else that we're going to go. Um, probably looking at somewhere possibly in Europe. Nice. Or maybe, Central and South America. Maybe Austria, Vienna. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Word Camp uh, Europe. That's where Word Camp Europe is, isn't it? Isn't it? That's right. Yeah. We're, we're doing our company retreat there uh, uh, in June. Super so. awesome. Yeah, so. Maybe. Um, so w w on that note, we're actually, uh, or similarly, I'm, we're going on our first, uh, kid free vacation since our first son was born. My wife and I have really just been traveling for work stuff. Like she goes to conferences, I go to conferences. Um, and then we've taken the, like one kid on to Mexico. Like we took our son to Mexico with us when we went. Um, so this, this April, it'll be our first trip without our kids for, for first trip together without any kids. And we're going to Costa Rica. So awesome. It, Which part yeah. of Costa Rica are you going to? Uh, I've been talking to Carl Hancock, who is a huge fan of Costa Rica. Oh yeah. If you've ever talked, you ever talked to Carl, uh, he loves Costa Rica. And, uh, he was saying, so Carl Hancock is one of the founders of, uh, Rocket Genius, Gravity Forms, so one of the WordPress community's uh, pillars. Um, anyway, he was saying like the the west northwestern part of Costa Rica is, is his favorite place, and we're only there for seven days, so I think I'm we're gonna go to Carl's favorite place. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. If you end up needing another idea uh, for whatever reason, if you want more or something that doesn't work out good, you should try to make it to. There's two places to me that stuck out when I visited in okay. high school. Uh, one is Capos, which is a small coastal town on the Pacific side. Uh, it's just beautiful. Uh, and then the other is uh, Monteverde. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, way up in the cloud forest. Yeah. We're going to Monteverde on our way to the northwest. So, Are you going to go through the Arnold volcano as well? Yes. Awesome. That's, yeah, Carl, Carl recommended both of those. Um, yeah, they're both just gorgeous. We're flying into uh, San Jose, and then we're kind of making our way across Costa Rica, uh, hitting those two places, and then ending up in, uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's like the northwest coast, whatever town is there. Um, and yeah, so we'll see that what it's like. It's, I, I can't wait. <laughs> I've been like, wanting to go back to Costa Rica ever since I've been. So that's pretty high on my list of places to go back to. Yeah, well, I mean, my wife and I, we, like, one of the things that we love doing is traveling, exploring, and experiencing new cultures and eating new food, uh, you know, at these places that you can't get, you know, back home. And so, like, yeah, this will be our first time to do that in years. So the it's, pancakes are awesome. The pancakes? Yeah. It's one thing that stuck out to me. For whatever reason, Costa Rican <laughs> pancakes. Out of this world. I'm gonna think. I'm thinking. You were in college, you said. I was in high school at the time. <laughs> oh, high school. Okay. I was gonna say maybe they were hangover pancakes, but probably not. Oh if no. You were in high school. No, these are these are just legitimately excellent pancakes. <laughs> nice. 
All right. Anything else for 2016 before we wrap up here? I think we should just wrap it up. We could probably go on forever here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, I think overall it sounds like 2015 worked out very well uh, for you guys. I know it worked out well for us. Mm -hmm. Um, So looking forward to 2016. Definitely. All right. Thanks for coming in, everyone. Yeah. Talk to you later.